Welcome to Behavior Babes Podcast presented by me, Dr. Amanda Kelly. Hi, Laura. Are you there? Yes, I am. Awesome. Thanks for joining for another surprise podcast episode with Behavior Babes. Sure. <laughs> Um, well, thank you. You are our first guest, my first guest on the Behavior Bay podcast um, episode where we talked about being a law student. Mm-hmm. Um, can you just maybe give a, a quick summary of your background for anyone who didn't listen to that first episode and then maybe just a status update on what's going on for you here in the spring and coming up for the summer for anyone who, who wants to know more of where, where you're at now? Sure. Um, So my background is first as a special education teacher, um, and then I became a board-certified behavior analyst in 2010. Um, I worked mostly with kids with autism. I've worked in schools, homes, clinics, um, kids, adults, toddlers, um, so kind of across the spectrum. Um, And then in 2015, I got involved with legislation work. Uh, in Hawaii and um, noticed that there were definitely some needs in that area um, as far as like, you know, licensing and insurance and all of those things. Um, And I also found that I really enjoyed uh, working with the legislators and uh, figuring out how to solve problems on a bigger level than just one client at a time. Um, So I started law school almost two years ago. It'll be two years uh, in August. Um, so I have one more year left. And I am currently living in D.C. because uh, I wanted to get near where all the policy is made. Um, so this last semester has been interesting. It's been my first clinic experience. So I've been working with the legislation clinic um, and specifically with a project called the ADA Project. Um, that uh, we did some big events for. We have a website that was um, launched recently. Um, And uh, it's just been really cool to kind of see how disability policy um, has happened in the past and to, you know, have hope for additional policy in the future. Um, So yeah, that's kind of what I've been up to this semester. Um, This summer, I'll be working with the Department of Justice uh, in immigration. Um, in Los Angeles. So I'm looking forward to that as well. Um, Yeah. Thanks for giving us that update. You mentioned a project that you're working on and you said some letters. Did you say ABA, APBA, and and what do they stand for? Uh, ADA, so the Americans with Disabilities Act, um, and then the ADAAA, the Americans with Disabilities Amendments Act. Thank you. I find it always helpful when we're talking to share um, with our listeners the acronyms, especially because there's so many overlaps in the American yeah. Bar Association, Applied Behavior yeah. Analysis, American Basketball Association. <laughs> <laughs> there are a few others. Um, mm-hmm. So you talked about going to D.C. to be near where the policy is made or where the action is, if you will. Um, Mm -hmm. What have been some of your expectations and what have been some of your experiences being in D.C.? Um, I think I wanted, one of my expectations was being able to, um, like, 
spend some more time working on federal policy and figuring out like what that looks like to get things changed on a federal level. Um, the reality has been a lot more time at the DC Council um, and learning how the process goes here, which is uh, quite different from the way it goes in Hawaii. So it's been kind of interesting. Um, they only have one chamber, so they don't have a House and a Senate in DC. It's just a council um, because we're technically under federal government control in the city. Um, so uh, they have council meetings. Things are scheduled so much further in advance. Um, but testimony is much more limited. Um, so it's only three minutes to testify for every person instead of open time, like it seems, seems to run in Hawaii. So that's been kind of interesting to see as well. You know, something Kristen Kubert and I have talked about, and of course she's a friend of ours and former mm -hmm. HALA president, someone I hope to get on the podcast show, but she's a little bit more hesitant. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not because she's not brilliant, but because, you know, she's uh, gearing up to get that uh, courage, I think, to be on the show. But mm -hmm. we were talking with state chapters like FABA in Florida and um, some of the people in North Carolina, Connecticut, mm -hmm. Oregon, and we see that there are very different legislative processes. So as you mentioned in Hawaii, sometimes it feels like you have an unlimited amount of time. Mm -hmm. Technically, I think we're supposed to have four minutes, but that's not mm -hmm. always enforced, you know, so... Right. There's that feels a little bit more loose. Um, you may not even be able to have public testimony in some states. You may mm -hmm. only be able to do written testimony. And when you talked about there being more time, for us in Hawaii, what we experienced, right, was we have 48 hours notice and 24 hours ahead of time we have to have written testimony. So it doesn't give you a, yeah. lot, a lot of opportunity to activate the community. So you've mm -hmm. talked about some of those differences, having one chamber um, and so forth. What have been some of the, like, cool experiences? Do you mind, like, kind of storytelling for us and either about a case or about a class or a professor or some path that you are excited about that you've been exposed to since being in law school? Yeah. Um, so I worked last summer at an organization called Advocates for Justice in Education, um, and uh, it is the Parent Training and Information Center for Washington, D.C., um, but it's kind of a unique uh, parent training and information center in that they actually have two lawyers on staff who will handle um, cases that are a little bit more involved. Um, they also have parent advocates who handle some of the cases um, where parents just need a little bit of support but don't need that the weight of a lawyer. Um, so through that, I was able to help just a bunch of families. Um, I was kind of, I was given some of my own cases with oversight toward the end um, and just really enjoyed um, being able to meet and work with families. Some of the, some of the incidents that happened um, reminded me a lot of what's going on in Hawaii. So like incidents of, you know, abuse and neglect happening in schools, um, incidents, incidents of, uh, Children, there's a lot of suspension. DC relies heavily on that um, in the public school system, which has been kind of a, a different, um, like a different eye-opening experience as well, because um, it's not something I experienced much of in Hawaii, uh, with kids being essentially kicked out of school. 
um, on a regular basis. So they, uh, the city of the DC passed um, legislation last session or the session before um, about uh, about keeping kids in schools called Fair Access to Schools Act, um, and it limits the number of days of suspension that can be given, um, particularly for things that are hard to define and often end up uh, very racially biased, like, you know, not listening or disrupting class and those kinds of things where they see such a huge um, impact on uh, children of minority races. It's a really important point that you bring up in that connection there. Um, Dr. Jason Travers has done some really good work looking at the disparities, uh, dispar uh, disparaging factors, if you will, um, within mm -hmm. American education and looking at uh, socioeconomic status and race, ethnicity as obviously a very important factor in indicating whether or not you would see those dis sort of discrepancies or leniency mm -hmm. towards sort of saying this is special education rather than perhaps providing some sort of other type of support um, that could be that could be really mm -hmm. useful. How has being a behavior analyst um, helped and hindered you <laughs> on this path? I imagine you have to explain, or if you are explaining your sort of previous life to law school, I imagine you're talking about ABA to, to some extent. Um, what have mm -hmm. you seen as, as the, the skill set that you already have? How has that helped you, or how has that kind of made law school maybe even a little difficult for you? Can you speak to that? Sure. Yeah, I think the helpful parts of it have been um, just, you know, the ability to take complex material and break it down into um, teachable steps or teachable chunks. Um, I've done a lot of, uh, I, I'm a writing mentor, so I tutor the first year students in legal writing. Um, and then I've also, like within study groups, have been able to take some of my um, behavior analysis skills and uh, present material in ways that that are helpful for my study group. Um, so I think that's been the most helpful. I think where it's gotten in the way is that I have seen good teaching and I know good teaching. Um, and uh, sometimes law professors are lawyers and not teachers. And so that's been kind of challenging um, in some ways, like figuring out uh, the different teaching styles of professors and how to um, find ways to learn, uh, even though it's not might not be the way that I would prefer to be taught. Yeah, sometimes the more we learn about the world, <laughs> the more we're we're bogged down with how much it needs to change. Or, you know, mm -hmm. sometimes when people are just really passionate about their subject matter area, they get kind of lost in starting you midway through the sentence, if you will, or halfway mm -hmm. through the journey, right? Like, physics yeah. is so amazing. Here's a black hole. And you're like, whoa, wait a second. <laughs> Science, right? Like, start, yeah. start somewhere where I can connect. And so, yeah, you, I mm -hmm. do see people who are highly skilled, even in my own, when I reflect on my own educational journey, highly skilled in the areas that they were teaching in, but not necessarily highly skilled in teaching. So, mm -hmm. um I even find in my personal life sometimes I'd like to coach my coaches on how to coach me better. I'm like, have you heard about tag teach? You know, <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, I know we can relate to that because we were on that paddling team together. <laughs> yes, <laughs> would have been very helpful. 
It would have, you know, we think, how can we be more effective, more efficient, but how can we be Mm -hmm. team players? How can we learn? How can we bridge the gaps? How can we develop language and a communication system that unites people? So when you've Mm -hmm. talked about behavior analysis or being a behavior analyst, and even if that's been minimal, how have those conversations gone? And um, what do you find people kind of are, you know, curious about when they hear about your background? Um. The conversations have gone well. I think what people are most curious about is why I'm in law school and not doing, um, you know, not continuing on with the career that I already had. Um, So being able to kind of explain some of the situations that I've seen and the reasons that we need change and the reasons that we need to be able to, um, to have people who speak both education and law and being able to translate between those two languages and those two worlds. I know personally we're really excited to have you, the, the concept of having you come back to Hawaii. We hope, I hope that's still your goal, your path, yes. um, because <laughs> right on, public commitment, everybody, confirmed <laughs> in a permanent product podcast. Um, seriously, you know, in all seriousness, it is, I think, really unique to take your passion for educational uh, advocacy and understanding uh, the science, having a, a history and the interaction perspective of policy and then pursuing even further additional schooling. I mean, by the time somebody is a behavior analyst, especially if that's not what you thought you were born to be and you got there kind of through an indirect path, you've already undertaken a lot of school. So mm-hmm. kudos to you for, for doing more. Um, I know we <laughs> joked. <laughs> I know we joked that you were voluntold to go. Um, I try not to tell people, but I'm just really grateful that you're there. Um, mm-hmm. What would you, you know, share or say to people about, who are thinking about, you know, branching out as behavior analysts, mm-hmm. um, maybe into legal field, maybe into sustainability, maybe into public policy? Um, because you've, I think, made a transition, but I don't think you've uh, – you know, abandon your identity as a behavior analyst. Do you have any advice for people who are kind of trying to expand and bridge that gap? Mm-hmm. Um, I think the first thing I would say is just to kind of start getting involved. So I think it would have been harder for me to transition from being a behavior analyst to law school if I hadn't had all of the experiences that we had in the legislature and, like, just the hands-on um working through, you know, writing bills and writing testimony and testifying and all of the the pieces that went together. And, like, being involved in that helped me to know that it was something that I wanted to do, um, where I think, you know, otherwise, why leave, you know, a great career that I loved and the kids that, like, made every day better. And um, so I think... Like, I think it's making sure that it's really something you want to do and finding ways to get involved before you start making the change. So reinforcer sampling, assuming it ends (laughs) up increasing future behavior, I think, yeah, that really resonates with me as well. You know, um, there was a discussion for me. I did a lot of schooling personally. I'm sure we all have. And (laughs) I took a short break, though, from my – um, bachelor's to my master's. I, I ended up pursuing, taking the coursework for my BC ABA. So I was taking certification classes. I was enrolled, but a little bit of the mm-hmm. gap. 
And then when I finished my master's, I went right into my doctorate, and I was like, who does that? Um, mm-hmm. You had intended to do that, but I kind of, who who, who wanders into that? Um, yeah. But it really, you know, every day kind of the lesson that I had and the thing I remembered was like, you're you're giving up something. You're giving up your time to go to the gym. You're giving up your time to meal prep. You're giving up your time to go on dates or to sustain your relationships. You know, you're giving up time that you could have in a phone conversation. So it does come down to finding that intrinsic reinforcement, I think, too, right? Like this is something mm-hmm. we love. This is something I do. This is something that helps. And that short gap between uh, my bachelor's and my master's, I got some experience. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it changed my perspective and it helped me make some really informed decisions. So if people are in their area interested in, in getting involved or thinking about doing something with legislation or public policy or coming to D.C. or going to law school, what's the first step for them? Um, I think um, finding an organization to volunteer with. Um, so, uh, like, my experience was through HABA, the Hawaii Association for Behavior Analysis. Um, but, like, just pick an issue that you're interested in and passionate about and uh, talk to them and find out what kinds of, you know, opportunities they have in in the area that you're looking for. So if you want to be doing, you know, something with legislation and policy, then like what, what kind of policy advocacy um, agencies are out there in your area and then talking to them about how to get involved. Um, and then just showing up, like hearing this at, the legislation, they're open. So, or for the most part, I can't speak for all jurisdictions, um, but generally speaking, they're open meetings. So show up, listen in, find out like what's going on, um, ask questions of the people that are there because they're, they're there for a reason. And so find out, you know, what they're doing and um, yeah, just be open about your questions. Ask questions, be brave, get immersed. I think we see a lot of common themes when we talk about how to become a better behavior analyst, how to become our better, you know, the best version of ourselves, how do we become volunteers and advocates and lawyers and legislators. And, it's, you know, there used to be this thing, like, that I remembered, which was, you want to know how to become a millionaire? Mm-hmm. Surround yourself with millionaires, right? Like, other people who have a lot of money or who've made money or who've made decisions or who have opportunities or who know how to write grants, you know, that could, it's all relative. It's not just about making money, but in this case, how, if you want to know what it's like to be a behavior analyst, surround yourself with behavior analysts. If you want to know what it's like to go to law school or to be involved with public policy and legislation, you can go and sit and be an observer. You know, listener mm-hmm. behavior, like Skinner identified, is, is still engaging in behavior. I think that's mm-hmm. incredible advice that really resonates with me because I, I know sometimes, even myself as somebody who's so outgoing included, I get hesitant. I get nervous. Mm-hmm. I, I, you and I joke, I mean, you're, you can be, you, you're always my wingman, you know, when you were here, I'm like, hey, I need you to go with me. And you're like, who, me, you? Like, you're so social. And it's like, you know, certainly it can be out of our comfort zone, depending on mm-hmm. what it is. That's going to vary for each person. But finding a way to get immersed and just showing up and hearing, mm-hmm. listening. It's nice to know that that's an option. You don't have to 
talk and write and testify at first. So mm-hmm. thank you for yeah. painting that image for us and for sharing that idea, those ideas. Um, Laura, I'd love to thank you for coming back on the show and, and sharing with us more information. I'm excited to report to you that, um, yes, you are the first, the first guest on the show, but I also think the uniqueness of the information that you had to provide, maybe also the length of the episode, lots of uh, variables I could uh, assess for, but you are the most downloaded episode, uh, your episode on a BCBA going to law school. So I have no doubt people are, are real excited to hear this episode today. And so thank you again for joining us. Well, thank you. No problem. And for anyone who's interested in learning more about applied behavior analysis, feel free to visit www.behaviorbabe.com.